0: We are a resource for learners, including every member of the Livestrong Cancer Institute's on-track educational pipeline, from middle school to residency. We are a growing collection of interviews, talks, and experiences that uncover the myths and the uncertainties of cancer and careers in cancer in order to empower and inspire generations of thinkers and leaders. This is Cancer Uncovered, an education and empowerment podcast by the Livestrong Cancer Institutes.
1: This is Kristen Wynn, Senior Program Coordinator here at the Livestrong Cancer Institutes, an emerging cancer center at Dell Medical School at the University of Texas at Austin. Hook 'em horns. Before we jump into this episode, I want to introduce you to this month's host, Brittany Fernandez. Brittany, while wrapping up her last semester of her undergraduate degree at the University of Texas, came on board in January of 2021 as a part-time student associate for the LCI's administrative team, helping to coordinate and execute our multidisciplinary tumor board meetings, which are the cornerstone of our clinical work at the Cancer Center, where clinicians across disciplines come together to discuss and create the best possible care plans for patients. We also discovered that Brittany has a heart for education and was an intuitive, compassionate contributor to the work that LCI does with high school and middle school students. When we told Brittany about our Education and Empowerment podcast, she jumped at the chance to help out. The episode you are about to hear is her creation, and we couldn't be more excited to share it with you. As this episode launches, Brittany is currently taking part in LCI's Summer Undergraduate Research Fellowship, or SURF, and will spend the next 11 weeks conducting community-based cancer research with Dr. Lailia Noel, who you heard in Episode 7, part 1, and 3. Thank you, Brittany, for your hard work and dedication to the mission of the Livestrong Cancer Institutes. We cannot wait to see what the future holds for you as you continue your academic and professional career in healthcare. And now I'll let Brittany take it from here.
0: This is Brittany Fernandez with the Livestrong Cancer Institutes, and I'm excited to be your host for this month's Cancer Uncovered podcast. As a graduate from the University of Texas at Austin's Bachelor's of Science in Kinesiology program, I was excited to hear about the amazing work being done at LCI in exercise and rehabilitation as an intervention for surgery. We had the opportunity to speak to Dr. Declan Fleming, a surgical oncologist at the Livestrong Cancer Institutes, and physical therapist, Dr. Brittany Chesser, about their work with cancer patients in prehab for surgery and post-operative physical therapy. This is Cancer Uncovered. Exercise as Medicine has been a global initiative piloted by the American College of Sports Medicine for years, but what made you decide to integrate exercise in preoperative oncology care?
2: In recent years, there's been a lot of study actually trying to figure out ways to quantify who's at higher risk and who's at lower risk. There have been these batteries of different tests that have been developed that tell us if a person has something that places him or her at higher risk for problems related to surgery. All right. So the concept of exercise as a part of helping a person to recover from surgery really stemmed from us recognizing that some people are frail. And then... Not just throwing up our hands and saying, oh, well, too bad, but saying, you know what? Maybe we can make people less frail by doing some really specific, targeted things. And what we've chosen to do is we've chosen to say that an out of shape person with some work can be put into better shape. A poorly nourished person with some purpose behind the way we give them nutrition can be put into a better nutritional status. And most surgeries are not emergencies. You don't have to do them that same day. The work that's been done recently, all throughout the world, really, there are great groups that have been looking at this in Spain and in the Netherlands and in the UK and in Canada and several groups in the United States have been looking at saying, is there a way, instead of putting a person through a surgery and then having to let them rehabilitate after the surgery and maybe sending them to physical therapists or to a nursing home to recover is there a way we can prehabilitate them to give them that strengthening exercise and that nutritional instruction beforehand to get them into a place where they're better able to recover from the uh, from an operation. In fact, orthopedic surgeons have been doing prehab, right? I'm just looking at it instead of as let's get a joint ready, I'm looking at it, let's get a whole person ready. And then I began to say, well, I've got weak patients. What if we make them wait a week or two longer for surgery and we, we get them to work with a trainer? And so- I am really fortunate to have a very long-term friendship with two members of the faculty of the Department of Kinesiology and Health Education at uh, the University of Texas. Their n- names are Phil and Dixie Sanforth. And I reached out to the Stanfords and said, hey, is there a way we could try to get some trainers to work with our patients to see if doing prehabilitation will help them out? And I had no idea what creative thinkers that Phil and Dixie were, because as soon as I did that, they got us plugged in with the chairman of their department who said, that's a great idea, let's support it. And with this great exercise physiologist named uh, Hiro Tanaka. And Hiro has been for years working with athletes to prepare them for major competitions. And of course, his mindset was, well, we train people up for an event and surgery is an event let's train them like we would train an athlete and we're going to have to modify things, but the concept is the same. And that's how our prehab project at the university of Texas was born.
0: Wow. That's brilliant. I love the analogy of surgery as an event that you're training for. Now you've referred to this exercise program as prehab a few times. Could you define that for our audience?
2: Prehab is going through purposeful work to get a person ready for, in my case, for surgery. But you could prehab for a person going through chemotherapy or something else like that. I, th- I think this is broadly applicable to complex medical problems. But I'm going to speak to it about surgery. All right, Surgery taxes people physically, nutritionally. It taxes their immune system. And then it also attacks them emotionally and intellectually, right? And so prehab is purposeful work to get a person physically stronger, nutritionally in the best state possible, to boost their immune system, and then to prepare them mentally and emotionally for going through a surgery and the process of recovery from that.
0: You know, I think you bring up a really good point. Sometimes we really only think about the physical aspects of surgery and not the mental and emotional aspects. But now that you've defined the whole person approach to prehab, could you tell me more about the trials you conducted and the program's outcomes?
2: We did a trial and we just called it a pilot project because we didn't have a lot of like national grant funding support for this. But we wanted to see, number one, if people would agree to delaying their surgery to go through a period of exercise and nutritional support before they did the surgery. Because that was actually a big question. Everyone, basically, I take care of in my practice has a cancer. And when you ask a person when they want to have their surgery for cancer, they say today, right? Nobody wants a cancer sitting around in their body. And I don't want to leave it sitting there. but. If I can do something that's going to speed their recovery and make it better, it's worth a little bit of wait before the surgery to get a person ready. All right. So we started this trial program and what we found out was that, yes, indeed, people were willing to do something to get themselves ready for surgery. What was really surprising was as we started the program, to get into it, the people had to have an initial assessment where we had them do some physical tasks and some mental exercises and things like that. And the the number of people that were a lot more weak or more frail or had bigger problems than they recognized was astounding. I mean, probably two-thirds or more of the patients, when we had them do their intake exercises, performed significantly lower than they thought they were going to. And that I think as much as anything else, convince them that, yeah, you know, getting myself stronger before I go through this is really something that's useful. And probably 95% or more of the people that went through our prehab program, and it was a four-week program, so it wasn't like people had to wait six months to get their surgery. They did four weeks. During those four weeks, two times, they came to the University of Texas to Belmont Hall, where the Department of Kinesiology and Health Education is to work with a trainer specifically. And they got taught what they were going to do. And then they had a video to watch at home. And they followed this exercise pattern. And they actually wore a blood flow restriction device, which is basically like a blood pressure cuff. And you put it on the top of the arms and the top of the legs. And it allows the body to experience the same sort of physical benefits from doing a high intensity exercise program, but at much lower intensity because you diminish the blood flow. So the muscles experience the depriving of oxygen and nutrients during the exercise the same way they would if they were going out and running wind sprints up giant steps or something like that. So their level of benefit was dramatically increased using this process that Dr. Tanaka suggested we used without doing something that would take a cancer patient and wipe them out. And because of that, they were able to do something every day. They did resistance exercise using some bands or some light weights one day, and they did walking exercise the next day. And they alternated that and did it every day. And every day they got some nutritional supplementation associated with their exercise to help build protein and improve their immune system. And so they did that for four weeks and for almost the entire four weeks, they were at home. We would check in with them by telephone or by text, but it wasn't like they were having to go to the gym and pay money for it or anything else like that. And 95% of the people that we took care of said, I noticed a significant improvement in the way I felt from the time that I started until right before the surgery. And I feel more confident about the surgery. And we know what we did worked because we were able to measure their body composition. And during those four weeks, on average, people lost almost two pounds of fat weight and gained about a pound and a half of muscle weight. They improved their exercise stamina and tolerance. So their strength and their stamina got better. Their ability to do repetitive tasks and to be able to walk further improved. And then in our pilot, we actually looked at how long they ended up staying in the hospital compared to a group of people that had problems similar to theirs and were going through operations similar to theirs. And we found that the amount of time that they stayed in the hospital was about five days less. It went from about 10 days down to about five days to the length of stay in the hospital. And on top of that, the incidence of having a complication like an infection or a blood clot or problems with breathing went down dramatically in the group that did prehab. So I know that at least in this small first trial, it wasn't like we were looking at hundreds and hundreds of patients. We had 21 patients that we did the exercise for, and we compared them to 71 patients that didn't do the exercise program. So it's just the beginnings of a project. But our results were so dramatic that we feel really encouraged by that. And similarly, if you look at the work that a group in Spain, some people up in Michigan, some people in the UK, and some people in Canada have done, they've shown also that patients who go through a prehab program have lower likelihood of bad outcomes and shorter lengths of stay in the hospital as compared to the people who don't do it.
0: You know... My passion for kinesiology really stems from my awe at the capabilities of the human body. And I think that these capabilities are really exemplified by the success that you saw in such a short four-week program. I know you mentioned some other groups are also doing this type of work, but what aspect of this trial would you say made your team's approach so successful?
2: Well, I think it's really unique in the thing that we did here at the University of Texas, is that we figured out a way to sort of cheat the system. And using those blood flow restriction bands, I think, is giving people that couldn't otherwise do hard exercise the way that they were trying to get them to do it up in Canada and in the UK and in Spain. And that is the thing that I think is unique about what we tried here and what is so encouraging about the approach that we have. I think it opens up opportunities for people who might not have been able to do this sort of training to get into it as well.
0: What I think is so special about the work you're doing is that it truly gets to the root of what is whole patient care. And I think part of that picture is really bridging the disciplines between fields like exercise physiology and surgical oncology as you're doing now.
2: You're exactly right. I think for far too long in traditional Western allopathic medicine, we were so focused on the technique of let's do a surgery right or let's find the right medicine to give that the pendulum is now swung into an area where we're recognizing the benefits of looking at the whole person And addressing their whole life, right? Because my goal isn't to take out a surgery to cure cancer, although that's part of the goal. My goal is to try to restore someone's health and allow them to live as long as possible with as high quality of life as possible. And if you're doing that and you disregard what's going on with them personally, or financially, or emotionally, then you're cheating them from having that benefit of addressing what's important to them in life. And so, instead of just being doctors that focus on the medical or the surgical aspects of treatment, we have to become holistic providers.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I think that holistic care really exemplifies a patient-centered approach. I'd love it if you could tell us more about how patient care is practiced at the Livestrong Cancer Institutes.
2: Here at the Dell Medical School in, in the Livestrong Cancer Institutes, we have this calm model, which is cancer life reimagined. We are thinking about what life should be like for people that have cancer. And we want to provide the social and the Uh, emotional and the uh, financial and the intellectual and the exercise support to give them the best chance of really having a great outcome and having a great life despite dealing with their cancer.
0: That's phenomenal. And it's very clear that you're passionate about the work you do and the mission of LCI. I'd love it if you could tell us how you got here and what made you decide that surgical oncology was really the best fit for you.
2: In medical school, as I began to look at the different specialties, I really found that the one that resonated most deeply with me intellectually and emotionally, I felt like it was a challenge, was surgery. And at first, I thought I wanted to be a trauma surgeon because I thought it'd be really heroic to save people. But what really engaged me most as a person was not the drama of doing trauma care, although that that is awesome. It was the complexity of doing difficult cancer surgeries and the emotional tie that I got to make with the people that I'm taking care of. Because with many surgeons, you'll see a person one time before you do an operation, you do an operation for them, they're off to their life and you never see them again. But with a cancer patient, we're going to be doing things for them leading up to the time of the surgery. And I'm going to get to know what's going on and I'm going to be checking in with them. I'm going to find out how they're doing going through chemotherapy. And then even after I've done a surgery, even if we believe that we've cured a person, we're still having them back in. And I see people at three or six month intervals for checkups. And so I think that I came to figuring out that I should be a cancer surgeon. And I think that's one of the really beautiful things about healthcare is that you are always working with other people toward a shared goal. You are always getting to team with somebody that's the patient. and. There is room in this profession for people who love doing different things, right? Not, being a doctor isn't the end-all be-all. Literally, I think that anyone could find something in healthcare that would speak to them as a person and give them something to do that's meaningful.
0: Dr. Declan Fleming did a phenomenal job breaking down the research he's conducted on prehab for surgical oncology and providing us insight into his work and the work of the Livestrong Cancer Institutes at delivering on their mission of Cancer Life Reimagined. Next, Brittany Chesser will share about her part in delivering whole person patient care for cancer survivors and her role as a physical therapist. For a long time, I had no idea that there are actually subspecialties that physical therapists can pursue. And I'd love to know more about why you chose to specialize in oncology rehabilitation as opposed to another specialty.
3: My grandmother had breast cancer way before I was born, but all throughout my life, I saw her struggle with the lasting side effects she had from breast cancer, such as pain in that arm, swelling. She had a real difficult time using that arm, and I really wanted to know how I could help her and others. Who are battling with cancer and its long-term effects. So once I became a physical therapist, the Revital Certification Program really helped me to build my knowledge and specialize in the oncology patient population for rehab.
0: I think it's really amazing that you saw a need for this type of rehabilitation and decided to pursue it as a career. Honestly, this is the first time I've heard of physical therapy for cancer survivors, and I'd love it if you could tell us more about the benefits of physical therapy and how it can improve a cancer patient's quality of life.
3: So physical therapists work closely with the physicians to provide the patient with a guided program that's tailored to them to gain mobility, to build their strength and regain motion. Physical therapy is a part of a team of providers that helps oncology patients to safely return to their previous level of function and the things that they love to do. With this specific cohort, we have been working alongside Dr. Fleming. Most of these patients either haven't moved in a long time, they're afraid to move, or they have multiple comorbidities that limit their activity tolerance. We also provide the patient and their families with education on posture, easier ways to get in and out of bed, walking, and then home exercises that they can do when they don't come into the clinic to help improve their aerobic endurance and their strength.
0: I'd love it if you could elaborate on the relationships you build with your patients and how you tailor a whole person approach for patients coming in for prehab and post-operative physical therapy.
3: In the beginning, it's all about learning as much as you can about the patient from their past medical history to what motivates them. You have to gain the patient's trust. So most people only think of therapy as pain and torture or that it's going to hurt and it's something that they don't want to do. So the prehab program is tailored to each patient's specific needs and their mobility requirements. And during that three to four week prehab program, the patients see improvements in strength and mobility, they may even lose some weight in the process, and they feel better mentally and physically after doing them. That's fantastic.
0: And I think the truly amazing thing about exercise is that it is a tailored approach. And Working as a fitness instructor, even at the Fit Institute of Texas, oftentimes I'd have students who didn't think they could participate because of the rigor of a class. But the really wonderful thing is that there's a modification that can be customized to each individual, and that really holds true in the work that you do with the cancer patient population. Now, in the patients that you've worked with, could you tell us more about how they responded to a prehab program and what's next for cancer survivors? Post prehab?
3: Updates are sent to the surgeon on what we see because we see them three hours a week. And so we send those updates regularly. So once the patient is cleared after surgery, then they will return and come back to outpatient therapy in order to maintain that strength that they gained in the prehab program, increase their motion after surgery, and then they're able to return to their normal activities and the things they enjoyed prior to surgery.
0: I think oftentimes we think of physical therapy as a therapy that's exclusively for orthopedic rehabilitation and not as often a necessary intervention to surgery and other specialties like oncology. When cancer survivors are recovering from surgery, what are some of the deficits that you work through together?
3: With a lot of his patients, they have large abdominal scars, and so that's going to affect everything they do in life from even how they breathe. Sometimes there's compensations, how they roll over in bed. I mean, everything we do, our abdominals have to kick in. And so if they're restricted and they're painful, then they can't move. And so if we can help with that in any way, then we help every aspect of their life.
0: That's very true. And sometimes it's just so easy to underestimate the role that just a few muscles play in our daily lives but it's really wonderful that you're able to offer your help in those situations. And as a patient care provider, I'd love it if you could share your advice for listeners in our audience who are thinking about pursuing a career in patient care.
3: I would tell students to volunteer as much as you can. See all the different jobs that are out there in healthcare, join clubs and mentorships, look into hospital summer programs. And then once you start working with patients, get to know your patients, learn what motivates them, learn about their families, their hobbies, find the reason that they want to get better and back to their lives. Because a lot of times the mental is just as important as the physical. And you never know how much a small interaction can affect someone else. That's so true. I always think
0: of Maya Angelou's quote that people will forget what you said and what you did, but they'll never forget about how you made them feel. And I think oftentimes the emotional impact of patient care is just as powerful as the physical impact that it makes on others. So that being said, what is your favorite aspect of working in physical therapy?
3: I would say that every patient that walks through the door is different. Even if they had the exact same surgery, it's not a cookie cutter approach. I'm not going to treat That patient, even though it was the same surgery, the same way, because they're going to have different deficits, different limitations, and they have different goals. So it's really trying to find that way to get them back to what they love. And they're all different. And so each day, I never know what's going to walk through the door or what new challenges that I'm going to have to overcome or they're going to have to overcome and how we can overcome them together.
0: That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today.
3: Are there any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience? The population of people surviving cancer keeps growing every day, which is amazing. But with that comes, you know, the deficits and the different treatments along with it. So it's just nice to know that there's ways that we can start to help along this cancer journey with these patients.
0: Thank you to Declan Fleming and Brittany Chesser for joining us this month to share the amazing impact they're making with prehab and post-operative physical therapy and oncology patient care. I'm Brittany Fernandez with the Livestrong Cancer Institutes and this has been Cancer Uncovered. For more information about the Livestrong Cancer Institutes, check out our website at delmen.utexas.edu. If you'd like to learn more about the Livestrong Cancer Institutes or have ideas of topics that we can uncover, Send us an email at LivestrongCancerInstitutes at delmed.utexas.edu. Please make sure that institutes is plural. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure you subscribe.